0: Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts we have big brands and bigger deals. Buy three and get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama and Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on big brands like BF Goodrich, Dunlop, Michelin, Continental, Pirelli and more. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look
1: after you. Cs apply.
0: This
2: is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news powered by Race Fuels in association with Bob Jane T-marts. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need them. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Each week, multi-award-winning journalist Mark Fogarty brings the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus.
3: Coming up, uproar in Newcastle. Why controversy soured successful Gen 3 debut. Heavyweight clash, Chevy and Ford bosses deliver their verdicts. And Aussie F1 scapegoat, breaks his silence
2: all this and more straight ahead on parked up plus here's folks
3: hi there race fans gen 3 got off to a sweet and sour start at the restored newcastle 500 sweet because the reliability of the new cars was remarkable surprising and amazing in fact and the racing in the twin 250 kilometer street races was eventful and again surprisingly without carnage and as the Newcastle 500 returned after three years away, there was a new attendance record. But it was all soured by the disqualification of Shane Van Gisbergen and Brock Feeney from their 1-2 runaway on the opening race on Saturday, outed for an odd technical infringement. Triple Eight was excluded for the improper location of the supplementary driver cooling system in the Red Bull Ampole Racing Camaros. In a classic he-said-she-said said dispute, the stewards re- ruled that Triple Eight didn't have permission, as the team had maintained, to make the change. Now, the team, of course, has appealed to the exclusion, and that appeal is due to be heard late this week or early next week. This all happened amid complaints about in-car cockpit heat led by reigning champion Shane Van Gisbergen. More insulation was added, but AAA's interpretation of the rules to add a dry ice unit to supply chilled air to the driver's helmets was rejected. SVG continued his criticism of the Gen 3 cars after his win on Saturday, apparently incurring the wrath of Supercars executives. Well, that was the inference when he blanked the media in Sunday's post-race press conference after he'd won again. A sullen SVG wouldn't engage with straight shooting MC Chad Nalon, resulting in an awkward exchange. Have a listen.
4: Yeah, so basically just repeat what I said on track. Like, thanks to my team, our cars were awesome. Um, But, yeah, all our talking was done on the track today. So thank you.
0: There was a uh, little... No, mate, it's a press conference. We've got to ask yeah. you questions. There was obviously that battle at turn nine between yourself and Chaz. Uh, can you talk us yeah. through it just from your point of view? All the
4: talking was done on track today. Mate, Thank come you. on.
0: Are you serious? Yes. It's a press conference. There's a room full of journalists. We don't get you at any other point of the weekend. Yep. You've come up here to answer questions. It's not even a hard question. Okay. It's a fair question. Can okay. you talk us through the move at turn nine? Yeah, it happened. Our talking was done on the track today. Thank you. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I'm good. <laughs> would you like me to open it up to the journalists now for a few more questions, Shane?
4: I'm done. Same
0: answer. Okay. Well, then, if anyone else would like a, uh, an opportunity to ask Shane a question, be my guest.
5: Uh, Shane, do you think this helps your image or promotes supercars by being this obstinate with the press?
4: I don't know, like I tried to just knuckle down and focus, and then I said a lot of stuff yesterday, tried to open up a bit more, and maybe it's bit me in the ass. so I just focus on my driving. Oh, I just said the truth about the cars, I guess, and tried to be honest, and it goes down the wrong way, so I focus on my oh, driving. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: well. Where, where's the pressure coming from? Where, where do you feel like you're being uh, pushed? Is it from I, I the press? I just want or? to focus
4: on my driving, man, and that's when I do best.
3: Later, when asked if he'd been gagged, Van Gisbergen seemed to deny that, well, in apparent contradiction of his earlier stand. Straight-talking David Reynolds, third after winning pole position, then chimed in, indicating that drivers were, in fact, getting grief for criticising or complaining about the Gen 3 cars.
5: Not being super positive. They don't
4: want to say anything negative. You've been told that. I haven't. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but, yeah, I suppose, like, you know, it's a completely different change of the sport and it's very, very different for us drivers. And, you know, we drive the same car for 10 years and we love those cars. And for us, it's just, it's just different. So, you know, our initial reaction, you know, might not be the best reaction, but, you know, over time it might get better. We might get better at driving these cars and setting them up and got better at racing them and stuff, so... You know, it's a long road.
3: Subsequently, SVG did talk very briefly about his winning drive on Sunday, saying only that he was focused and angry. Unusually, he was eviscerated for his curt responses in the media conference by Mark Scaife on the Fox Sports broadcast. Scaifey ripped into him, saying SVG, as a reigning and multiple... Supercars champion has a duty to answer questions in media conferences. And yes, he was right. Except he's heavily conflicted, especially where criticism of Gen 3 is concerned. Scaife castigated a couple of journalists for their reporting of SVG's in-car heat concerns after practice on Friday. So, well, really, there is an element of hypocrisy in his criticism not to mention his role as Gen 3 Czar, in addition to being on the Supercars board and his close alignment with the sports ownership. Now, there is no doubt that Supercars is very sensitive. In fact, they're, def- they're defensive of criticism of Gen 3's tortured gestation and it has attempted to muzzle drivers. Well, I'm sorry, that's simply not right. And it's got to stop. The SVG controversy just highlighted the ongoing drama of Gen 3, despite an essentially flawless debut while parity concerns continue. That was highlighted by visiting Ford Performance Global Motorsport boss, Mark Rushbrook, who made it clear that while he was happy with the weekend's outcome, parity over the long haul is still up for discussion.
6: Well, it's certainly an exciting time for supercars with the uh, Gen 3 cars coming out to the track. They certainly look good, sounded good, put on some good racing, and I think there was a lot of excitement here with, with the fans to watch it. And uh, I'm not sure it could have gone much better, quite honestly, for the sport, for the cars to all get here and uh, complete the laps that they did.
3: Both cars, both models, look to be roughly competitive, are you happy that they were?
6: Well, I think. If we're talking parity i I think that's a different thing right when we talk aero and engine parity what we're seeing what we see in any time that there is a new car on the track the teams need time to learn about it figure out the tuning sensitivities find the right setup so there certainly was a mix through the different sessions of of fords and chevy's scattered throughout but you also saw the the teams and the drivers moving up and down in different ways too because the teams Well, first of all, the drivers are still learning these cars and the teams are learning the setup. So we're going to see a lot of movement, I think, through the grid.
3: So you seem to be suggesting you're still not entirely convinced about the P
6: word. No, absolutely not. What I'm saying is we cannot form anything about parity based upon what we see on track with the results. The only thing that we can use to look at parity is actually looking at the raw data itself, which is still yet to be done. And
3: obviously you know, you'll know, you encourage supercars to look into that and do the measurements, which they will, but you have some pretty sophisticated tools back at base, don't you? So do you do, you do your own analysis of the
6: data? Well, we've got tools, but we don't have all the data that we need. <laughs> so, so that is supercars uh, and they're committed to doing that. And they looked at it yesterday and things look good. So mm. we'll see what the data says today and hopefully it looks good. So unfortunately,
3: you think, and it seems that this parity debate is going to run and run for a while. I
6: know. I I'd, I'd think it's something that, um, I don't think it's a debate at this point. I think it's just something that we need to watch. They're new cars, we're all learning about them, um, and we just need to keep looking at the data. And if something shows there's a concern, then be prepared to react.
3: Hmm. But the late round of changes and tests, um, they clearly helped.
6: Absolutely. I, I think that's a good signal for the sport and what they're willing to do because they knew how important it was for the cars to come here and put on a good race. And they took the steps uh, that were necessary to, to be able to do that. So going back and running the additional VCAT definitely helped, right? More data, better process and changes that were made as a result of it as well as some comparison on the engine to acceleration in the car.
3: It was an historic weekend for Ford recording the first wins for the racing version of the new seventh generation Mustang. Meanwhile Rushbrook had nothing but praise for the Newcastle 500 as an event.
6: I loved it, great city, great festival atmosphere, a lot of very passionate fans, which we love about supercars and uh, family event for people to come here and enjoy racing, enjoy cars. Um, So great atmosphere and uh, seeing the cars on track and putting on the race that they did, I think is a really good uh, statement for the sport and and the excitement that's gonna come from it.
3: And has, uh, you know, apart from a nice trip, has this been a useful productive visit for you
6: yeah absolutely so anything we do in life is based upon relationships and um, being here in person with a lot of the people that we've been having virtual meetings or i've been having virtual meetings with over the last well since my last trip in Bathurst of 2021 to come and see everybody in person and, and talk through everything it just cements what's gone well and the opportunity to discuss opportunities to to do things better.
3: And are we likely to see you back later in the year?
6: I'll be back later this year. I don't know when yet.
3: (laughs) Rushbrook's local counterpart, Chevrolet Racing Australia boss Chris Payne, was just as enthusiastic about Gen 3's debut, but, well, he was rather more sanguine about the parody argument.
7: It was pretty exciting. Uh, We stood here right at the finish of... uh... Sunday event and for for the way, I think that's the, the way all the fans want to see the finish to a race regardless of who the, who the brand is that wins and the driver that wins at the end of the day. Fortunately it was, it was us and Shane and, and uh, it's just a fantastic conclusion to a, a wonderful weekend here at Newcastle.
3: The weekend of course tinged by some controversy over the result of the first race and the disqualification for the moment of the Chevrolet Camaro 1-2 does that put a bit of a damper on things, or how do you view it? Uh,
7: well, that's for the officials to, to work through and for, for 888 on, on our behalf to, to represent. They've made their position clear. Uh, my view is it's a long season. Uh, this is round one with, with 11 to go, uh, and um, I think the, the event itself uh, has been a... Is the, is the winner here, the, the fans, the success that's been had here by the organizers, by supercars, by race. I'm hearing that the the attendance is up uh, some, uh, at least 10, 15% on, on the pre-COVID numbers at Newcastle, which is fantastic. Um, and uh, surely the TV viewership has been, been uh, really high as well. So I think it's been a fabulous event, fortunate with the weather, some really exciting racing, uh, great reliability out of the box with with both brands Mm. and uh, onwards from here Mark. Mm.
3: After all the delays, debates, discussions, Gen 3 finally here, competition well looked pretty even. Chevrolet happy about how it's turned out?
7: Yeah on the face of it after one uh, round yes and and you look at yesterday's result I think in the top 10 uh, there was there was five uh, Mustangs and, and five Camaros. Same same today in race two. Um, so uh, you you would count that as parity. Uh, but of course this event is somewhat different to the the next two or three to follow in, in terms of the the way that the the racing will occur. So uh, we'll see what the future holds. And any future discussion around that subject will will obviously take into account the. Um, the, the data collection here, which has uh, been massive, and the um, and the nature of those events that are coming forward, which of course are uh, very different to what we've seen here in the street street circuit.
3: But Payne is realistic enough to expect that the parity debate is far from over.
7: Well, I don't consider those things to ever be over because uh, you know the shoe could be on the other foot uh, from time to time, but. Um, I'd say at this point in time, everyone would be happy with the event as the way it's unfolded, um, and that uh, the work that now needs to be done it, uh, leans on the on the ongoing parity process, is w- which is built into the rule set, and the homologation teams uh, will, will continue to represent uh, to ensure that that um, the, the 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 style of racing and the competition that we've seen here this weekend continues.
3: It sounds like you you wouldn't be surprised if, as we move along a bit further, there there may be st- still some adjustments to come
7: well that's for the technical experts to to comment on not me but uh, um, I think the racing speaking for itself Um, I think the reliability of the cars is speaking for itself and and going really really well it's a tribute to the work that's been done on both sides including uh, uh, the engine builders uh, again on both sides and in our case KRE uh, and uh, Ken McNamara and the team so to, to get through the weekend pretty hot conditions uh, and really, to, to other than some uh, incidents that have occurred, uh, the cars are proving to be incredibly reliable. And we hope that continues through the Formula One Grand Prix and on, on, onwards to Perth.
3: So, an astonishingly successful start for Gen 3, sullied by, as usual, off-track descent. And given the record crowd rollout for its return, what of the future of the Newcastle 500? This was the last of the existing agreement, and a new deal will rely on community support, which may not be a given result. More after this. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name, it's
0: all motorsport, focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct, some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend, there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, uh, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight.
2: You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty.
3: Welcome back. Still on the Newcastle 500, and turncoat team Walkinshaw Andretti United came away with Chaz Mostert leading the driver's title after two second places. Wau co-owner Ryan Walkinshaw admits that the strong start to its defection to Ford puts pressure on the former stalwart Holden team. You know, look, that's
8: that's a little bit a macination of because of, uh, because of um, what happened with uh, with with AAA getting disqualified yesterday um but you know uh Chaz has been up up in the front runners from from friday practice uh, and managed to maintain that throughout the weekend and it's a shame we didn't get the win today we thought we had it but you know shame was just a little bit too strong at the end um but uh you know it's been a, it's been a great weekend for us great first weekend with ford um and you know leading leading the championship and being the number one ford team coming out of it, it was uh, it's something which um you know we're very proud of
3: how encouraging it is it in the first weekend of gen 3 and mm-hmm. you're First weekend as a Ford operation after so many years with the, yeah. the other, other brand. Is this showing a lot of potential? I know it's early, but. Yeah, I mean, it's only one round, um, and you
8: know, Chaz was sort of where you expect Chaz to be, um, you know, up the front and fighting for podiums. That's what we've been doing for the last few years. Chaz has been third in the championship the last two years, and has been first and second at Bathurst, so we wouldn't expect anything less, and our ambitions are to win. Um, but you know, there's always the unknowns of moving over to another brand and, and seeing how that may impact your team and what your performance is. But so far, you know, we seem to be uh, seem to be at a similar sort of level. We've not, you know, moved a little bit forward, um, which is positive. Um, you know, it's a shame on the other side of the garage. You know, Nick uh, was fast in practice sessions, but um, you know, had some issues with his car throughout the rest of the weekend. So we're going to, to, you know, take that back to the workshop and uh, undress it and have a little look to see if there's anything going on there. But know, um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed and uh, we we're all a little bit gutted about. Uh, that side of the garage, not you know, being at the same level as um, as, as Chaz, but uh, you know, we're we're confident that, that will change going into AGP.
3: How strange was it? Was it strange <coughs> being here? You know, representing Ford. Mm. You know, after the organisation having so long been, you know, I clearly identified, you know, yeah. with Holden, you know, if not GM.
8: Yeah, look, it was a little bit weird, and you know, it was a big moment for us. We got all the team together, and uh, you know, and, and got lots of photographs on the grid as, our, as uh, when we when we had our first race in, in Ford colours. So, you know, it, um, it it felt like a bigger change last year, and now it kind of feels like we're already settled at home. Um, and the relationship with Ford's been fantastic. Andrew Birkin and and um, you know, Mark Rushbrook have been have been really really supportive, really engaged, which is fantastic. Having you know the big wigs from the US in full Performance coming over and uh, and you know being a part of our, our first round. You know, it shows how engaged and how passionate they are, and how how committed they are to supercars, which is fantastic to see. And you know, it feels uh, it feels like a good change for us.
3: But the scion of team founder Tom Walkinshaw doesn't shy away from WAU's ambition to contend for the championship.
8: Yeah, let's uh, let's see how we go at AGP. There's a lot uh, to still unwind, and you know, there's there's always still going to be this big parody of discussion that's going to that's going to follow through the first few rounds at minimum. Um, But look, we had a first good round. We'll take each round as it comes. Um, Chaz is is confident and uh, we're pissed off that we didn't win uh, the race today. So, you know, it's good that we're angry with coming second. It shows that the guys now expect to be able to win races. So um, that's encouraging and um, we'll have a big crack.
3: Sacked Aussie Formula One race director Michael Massey has broken his long silence since his ouster more than a year ago. Massey was the scapegoat for the furor that followed the controversial finish of the 2021 Formula One World Championship. His death-knock safety car reorder allowed Max Verstappen to pit Lewis Hamilton for the title, earning him worldwide vilification and costing him his job as Formula One race director. That's all now water under the bridge for Massey, who was quickly tabbed on his return to Australia to become the independent chair of the Rule Recommending Supercars Commission. In his first sit-down audio interview, since he was boned by the FIA, the affable and extremely experienced Sydney cider spoke with Parked Up Plus. First off, Massey explained why he is happy to be home and outlined what he's doing now.
5: Uh, It's amazing to be home, Mark. Um... You know, being particularly being based out of uh, Sydney these days where all my, uh, effectively my hometown around family and friends has been brilliant. Um, so no, it's been really, really good and not traveling anywhere near as much, living on planes and out of hotel rooms uh, has its its advantages.
3: It's fair to say that since you came back, you've kept a reasonably low profile, but you have been busy, haven't you?
5: Ah, oh, yes, I have, no, I'm, you know, low profile, Contrary to popular beliefs, probably the way I actually prefer it, um, as you know, having known me for uh, just a few years. Um, but no, I have been keeping busy uh, with my respective roles, um, that all sort of coming about together with um, you know, chair uh, being appointed chair of the Supercars Commission, uh, being a member of the South Australian Motorsport Board uh, that runs the Adelaide 500. Um, and then more recently being appointed as a director on the board of Karting Australia. Um, So, you know, there's a few little projects and then other little consultancy projects along the way that have um, well and truly kept me busy.
3: The Supercars Commission's role is not well understood,
5: but Massey says, well, it's pretty clear cut. The Commission, from when I was first involved with the Commission, when it was first set up uh, in, let's call it, 20. uh, 12 I think it was. Um, effectively in those times it had a lot more involvement bits and pieces but effectively now since um, the race investment group has purchased the, um, the business, it has membership from all of the teams. there's two supercars members and then myself as the independent chair. Uh, and effectively it is from you know the sporting, the technical um, elements of the sport uh, we meet once a month online. Um, at the moment and you know is guiding that side of it so it's very much um, you know nearly sort of a much more sort of focused technical and sporting group is probably the best way to put it Um, but providing the supercar business as a whole um, you know that direction and guidance with team's input um, into where we go in the future um, not only short term but also longer term and you know it's been quite let's call it intense uh, each of the meetings so far leading into the introduction of the gen 3 supercars and being here at newcastle seeing the spectacular display and the way that the cars have rolled out is a credit to the entire business Um, and each of the teams involved i think everyone should be very proud of you know the you know the small is effectively the fields covered by a blanket (laughs) Um, you know everyone should be proud of that
3: Massey came in on the end of the angst-ridden Gen 3 project, which he admits hasn't happened easily.
5: No, it hasn't. Um, You know, obviously I have had very little to do with it um, until coming in in September, but no, it hasn't come easily. Uh, But nothing ever does when you've got the largest, you know, technical change that the sport has arguably ever seen. Um, And, you know, it's been... Yes, there's been some intense moments. There's been a lot of pressure, but, you know, from and a lot of hard work behind the scenes from every single one of the teams in Pit Lane, from supercars themselves, various suppliers to get to this point. And, you know, let's not forget that not too long ago, you know, we're all in a COVID environment. Global supply chains have been absolutely hit out of the park, left, right and centre, even with the normal road car market. So taking the specialist market that is motorsport and you know for me the supercar's category but the and the supercar's category but Australian motorsport as a whole should be proud of what we achieve we well and truly bat um, bat above on a global scale with getting things done so no it's a credit to everyone
3: yeah well we're here gen 3 is up and running the cars are running remarkably well it has to be said but it just does seem to me and you were around the time this has been a more difficult burst and car of the Future was?
5: Um, I wouldn't call it more difficult. A different set of challenges is probably what I would call it. There is a far um, greater number of control components and control specification components from, and yes, I was involved in Car of the Future um, introduction to the Gen 3. So that side of it has certainly changed a lot. Um, the philosophy in a number of areas with the reduction in downforce and so forth has changed a great deal. Um, you know, engines going the way that they are. There's a whole lot of, you know, elements with regards to where the engines were historically and so forth, Um, you know, all of that side of it, all coming in together with, as I said earlier, the various supply chain issues and so forth, has all sort of added up. Um, So yes, it's been a different lot of challenges, um, but, you know, it happens in different ways with that complete new, let's call it, clean sheet of paper when you're coming in.
3: The swarthy racing administrator is also a director of the reconstituted South Australian Motorsport Board, revived to run the popular return of the Adelaide 500. Massey says there are exciting plans for the event, now locked in as supercars' season ender.
5: Obviously, I can't talk on behalf of the event as a whole, but from what I've seen as a member of the board, um, you know, this was. A vision of uh, Premier Malanaskus. He's, um, you know, from what I saw from the outside, let's call it, it was one of the um, the cornerstones of his election campaign. Um, and you know, the way that the event returns uh, last year was, you know, a credit to everyone involved. Uh, you know, from you know the board side of it, um, particularly Andrew Daniels, who was in previously the CEO of the event uh, many years ago. Um, but from Andrew's leadership as the chair of that board, uh, Mark Warren and the entire team on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, did a brilliant job in getting that event executed together with all of the uh, various suppliers in the time frame. Um, you know, let's not forget that it was sort of seven odd months from the uh, push the go button to the event. So it was brilliant. Uh, there's a number of exciting uh, things in the pipeline. Let's call it that we've. Uh, we're working on collectively um, as a board. We've got Robbie Williams uh, this year. That's going to be um, act, which is a huge coup for both the state and the event itself. Um, and you know, the final event of the Supercars Championship. Hopefully, we've got a very close championship down to the wire that's decided on the Sunday, which will make it even more entertaining. So, no, this, you know, I can't exactly go into detail of what we're uh, looking at, but. There's some exciting things happening in the background and there's the Adelaide 500 as an event but we've also got the um, Bridgestone World Solar Challenge that also sits under the mm-hmm. South Australian Motorsport Board's um, overall uh, responsibilities so you know there's those couple of things which are very different in what they are um, that are keeping us us from a direction perspective and a strategic direction um, but it's really enjoyable working with a great group of uh, people on the board and from a management side.
3: So, to the elephant in the room. Massey was boned by the FIA as Formula One race director, despite mainly popular support in his three years as reluctant replacement of legendary race boss Charlie Whiting, who died on the eve of the 2019 Australian Grand Prix. So, the question, does he miss Formula One? Here's what Massey has to say about life on the Grand Prix circuit.
5: I probably miss some of the people. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that I got to meet some amazing people from all corners of the globe, and that's one of the things that you um you miss. Um, so, yeah, there's the excitement of some of the events and so forth. But no, I'm, you know, it had a, uh, you know, that sort of in the past as far as I'm concerned and uh, looking forward, loving being home, Um, being based in one spot uh, is doing me the world of good. I probably haven't been um, fitter than I have in a very long time Um, and you know it's just a bit of focus on um, re-adjusting priorities in life these days. So no, I miss some of the people um, and looking forward to catching up with a number of them down in uh, Melbourne when they're all out, particularly number of members of my old team at the FIA that I worked with Um, so yeah yeah it's the people
3: and that is as much as you'll get out of Massey because we understand that there are still outstanding issues related to his messy departure from the FIA more after this short break Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier
0: of racing fuel to national and state level motorsports And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races.
3: For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels
0: imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.
2: You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty.
3: And we're on the run to the chequered flag. Plenty going on in the support races at the Newcastle 500. So, with his round-up of all the weekend's racing action, both at Newcastle and around the world, here's Grant Rowley, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane T.
1: The Repco Supercars Championship roared into life at the thrifty Newcastle 500 with a huge crowd and great atmosphere highlighting a terrific opening event for the season. Cameron Waters and Shane Van Gisbergen took the two race wins and Chas Mostert leads the title. In other categories in Newcastle, there was a mixed bag of results amongst some great racing. Anderson Motorsports' Zach Best leads the Dunlop Super 2 Series after a third and first place result in Newcastle. Second in the standings was impressive rookie Cooper Murray, who won the opening race on his category debut. Image Racing's Jay Hansen sits third. Super 3 was won by another Image Racing driver, Job Stewart, ahead of Cameron McLeod and Ryan Gilroy. Perth's Wanneroo Raceway is the next stop for Super 2 and Super 3 in April. Stephen Johnson was unstoppable in the Gulf Western Oil Touring Car Masters. Sealing his fourth round victory in a row, courtesy of three race wins in the Hancock Racing Ford Mustang. Marcus Saganovic also tasted success in the trophy race, his first victory since returning from injury. In the Battery World Aussie Racing Cars Super Series, Joel Heinrich scored three race wins, ensuring he holds a handy lead in the title fight. Josh Anderson also took a win and finished second overall. Reese Chapman was third. And the next round of the series is at Queensland Raceway supporting the Australian Superbike Championship. Overseas, an Australian Molly Taylor has won the latest Extreme E round at Saudi Arabia, teaming with Rallycross ace Kevin Hansen. The win came for the pair after a post-race penalty for Taylor's former team, Rosberg X Racing. And in NASCAR, William Byron visited victory lane in the latest NASCAR Cup event at Phoenix, leading home Ryan Blaney and Tyler Reddick. That's the racing news from home and abroad. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to our great friends at Bob Jane Jane T-Marts. Thanks, Grant. Finally, it
3: turns out that former Formula One Ferrari star Eddie Irvine was at the Phillip Island Classic over the weekend. Irvine was the last Playboy driver in Formula One, and he was at Phillip Island, well, apparently just as a spectator. No official capacity whatsoever. He was just there watching the racing and the cars, catching up with his mates, and basically a tourist, because he was visiting here as part of a holiday. By all accounts, Irvine just hung out with a cadre of Aussie mates and enjoyed the historic Formula One cars that highlighted the Phillip Island Classic. Such is the life of the rich and famous. That's all for now. Back next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday for the full revealing interview with Michael Massey. He opens up about the personal trauma he suffered in the wake of the Abu Dhabi drama. And don't forget Network R's other must-listen podcasts. Tanea McLeod and Priya Richards present Girls on the Grid each Monday. And every second Friday, Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith host the Napa Auto Pass Grassroots Racing Show. This has been Parked Up Plus where you hear the big news from the big names every week. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening.
7: You've just listened to another Network R production.